For three days only, save up to 30% off bestsellers from First Light, FHF Gear, Phelps Game Calls, and the Meat Eater Store. They'll also have for sale the Bear Grease Trucker Hats and Camo. They're included in this sale and all the great gear on First Light. Whether you're fishing, shed hunting, scouting, sighting in rifles, or cutting lanes, your gear needs to keep up with all your spring and summer pursuits. The sale has you covered. Hurry, the sale ends May 16th. Shop now at firstlight.com, F-I-R-S-T-L-I-T-E.com. I'm Tyler. And I'm Michael. <laughs> and you're listening to <laughs> The Elephant Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome whoa, to the Elephant Podcast. Wow, what's up with that peak? Goodness. No, that's all right. We're good. No, we're good. I got to. I got you. I got you. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Element Podcast, where we just laugh for a living. Mm. <clears throat> I'm your host, Casey Smith. Mm. This is brought to you by First Light Gear. Mm. Um, and Tyler Jones is here. Mm. Hey. As well as uh, Michael Stogall. That's me. And uh, Greg Nitt. I'm here. Greg Latham. A bunch of killers in the room right now. You're in mm. the wrong input. That's why. What? I got, I got to, don't worry. You're good. I just, we <laughs> had to figure that? out. Oh, that's, oh, that's gonna be. I, I oh, Greg took, Greg took the number three. Dang, no, it's, I Ooh, put you in Greg. the four. Moving on up. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, Greg. Yeah, yeah we'll see. <laughs> Greg of the Creek. <laughs> Greg of the Creek. Oh uh, boy. Well, we thought about just doing a college football discussion. Yeah, well, we should do that. We a still bit. Could. We just might, but. Uh, <laughs> Who's going to be number one preseason? Uh, Casey Smith. Um, so we're <laughs> they ain't going to be Ohio State. It's going to be Georgia. I'm low. Obviously. Georgia. Obviously. You don't think Alabama? No. Same as I just saw. I just saw one. This thing's called stupid early projection. Mm-hmm. Where Alabama was. Was that pre or post Saban leaving? That's that's like today. Mm. That's I thought weird too for sure, but you know it's Alabama. Um, Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. Yeah, for sure. Preseason yeah. number one. Uh, Harbaugh's not going to be in Michigan. Let's go. Oh, dang. Yeah, that that would be something, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. For that sure, then. The best. Yeah. He's going to go be a Seahawks coach. No, he's not. He's going to go oh, to the Chargers. he is. Maybe. Georgia. He's somewhere West Coast. He's a West Coast guy. Yeah, he definitely is a West Coast guy. Yeah. Not the good way. Georgia probably, yeah. What about you, Greg? <laughs> I have nothing to say. <laughs> college football. Hey, dude. I thought you were a college golfer. Yeah, yeah, now we got to turn turn you back up. Yeah, <laughs> turn me back up. There. there we go. Yeah. Um, so the way too early poll. SMU is number twenty five in that. Golly, that poll. golly, man. Yeah, I know. Pony up. That's what Speaking they do. Speaking of moving right? on up. Speaking <laughs> of. Yeah. What is it? What's your? It's a thumb, isn't it? No, that's the A and M one. Oh. This horse ears. What's that? That's a frog. That's a. It's Don't this? ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Pony up, y'all. That's what you guys not say, right? straight up. What's straight We're up? We're not like, oh, Peace alert, out. <laughs> alert, alert. <laughs> There's something over there. I feel like when a horse is like its maddest, its ears are back. <laughs> so it should be like this or something. I, I, can't, can't, I can't get them back. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you. Um, uh, yeah, uh, lots of big shakeups in the coaching. In, What's Ohio's? In the football world. Who's Ohio? Do you have a thumb? Oh no, no they just have a nut. 
Everybody just you can say whips that. the whips through Buckeye out of their pocket and holds it up. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. You just got to do a O oh, and H baby. and I or no. That's this it. isn't it. Okay. Y'all yeah. have a sign. What's your no. I do that again? He just stands there. That's not an I. <laughs> that's a triangle. No. Because well, he likes to be like this. Well, he was a fan of the purple <laughs> teletubby, <looks> crazy. Right? <laughs> this doesn't? <laughs> Weren't you... <laughs> Purple Teletubby? Yeah, no, I'm that's a green. the one that had the triangle on it. I'm head, a green right? guy. I don't know. <laughs> Did you know that uh, that film set where the Teletubbies filmed got to getting like too much publicity? So they built the berm all the way around the thing. They were they're down, like, down inside of it, and then I, now like it has like gone back to nature. You can't even tell it's the really? film set anymore. I, I'll admit something: I yeah. never watched a single episode of Teletubbies. Me neither. Me either. I just know who they are. I wish I could say the same. Yeah. I feel like we're just a little too old for Teletubbies. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's where we grew up. Oh, no. is it? Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> Teletubbies. Was more into that kind Lean of thing. Them tubs for up sure. there for sure. For no. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are just old. That's all it is. <laughs> no, dude. That was during my generation. No. Let me look. I'm fact checking this yeah. right now. I like the college football talk better. Yeah, me uh, too. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so you fact check that. Um, <clears throat> so Saban left. Uh, man, Michael, what's, sad. what's the state of Ohio State's? Oh, we're all the way back. Are all you? the way. Marvin National Harris, Championship. Where's Marvin Harrison Jr.? Well, he'll we be go. in Chicago next year, really? but that'll be good for him. Ohio <laughs> State's winning it all, so that's all there is to Man, him. I don't know about that. Uh, I saw Michael Penix, like, as the third quarterback picked in the draft. I was surprised I mean, that. That's what happens when you play 15 years in college. I feel as if, for one, that's not true. And for, <laughs> for two, that uh, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's okay. Um, Michigan kind of had him. Or, no. Yeah, Wait, are you it was Michigan. Michigan some credit? It here? was Michigan. Yeah. yeah, I am. But Michael Penix was just kind of looking a little afraid the entire game, which I would be too. Guarantee it. So. Yeah. He still pulled off some good throws. Oh, for sure. Some of them he's like running, throwing across the body, and it's still there. It's like, mm-hmm. that's pretty impressive. He's pretty good. Pretty impressive I guy. Think, I think he's probably Pip. one of the best pro Pig. Uh, you know why? prospects I've seen this year. Came from a Big Ten program. That's why. Where's that? Like Purdue or something? Indiana. 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 <laughs> I didn't even know it was a school anymore. <laughs> Eric. Yeah, Eric. It's just a basketball <laughs> school. That's all it is. He's listening to rap yep. over Eric's there. Eric's making a thumbnail for us for our next meteor video that comes out. <laughs> um it's a hog hunting video, and it's one of the best ones I've ever made. So uh, I might be a little partial to it, of course. My dad's in it. It's pretty cool. This is like the way you grew up hunting hogs, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like it is. Like running them down with shotguns. It is. It's exactly that. Doing that thing was the thing we mm-hmm. used to do all the time. It's cool Didn't stuff. Didn't do the boat all the time, but the boat is in this one. We did the boat often. Um, so uh, it, it was a good time, and uh, that'll be out next week. So look forward to that. But if you didn't know, right now there is a new me- meteor video out uh, where Tyler shoots a big giant nail guy. That was cool. How much did the thing weigh? Um, four hundred and eighty-seven pounds. Dude, I'd call it five hundred all day for sure. Yeah, that thing well, was huge. it's like how many ten-pound bass are there really? Yeah, right? well, true. But I think this thing, I would, I could, if it weighed five hundred pounds, it would not shock me at all. Yeah, but you got to say a real number. Oh, yeah, for 501. All right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> those, are the, those are jeans, aren't they? No, Levi yeah, 501s? Right, yeah. I, the, I, I like them 541s when I was in college because yeah. they're 
their athletic fit, so they got the extra room in the thighs, you know. Nowadays, Never that. <laughs> nowadays I need I need bell bottoms. You know, I, uh, I wore the bell bottoms. What was it the the five thirteens or something? It was like the the cowboy cut boot cut ones. Yeah, or I can't remember what they were. I like boot cut, but I got a I got a problem. So I got these old boots that I like a lot. I like the shape of them, like the color. They're ostrich skin, kind of rounded, Golly. but they're uh, <laughs> they're kind of short. That's right. They're kind of short. And uh, if you get boots that are too tall, they make your pants look kind of weird because they get up past that boot cut. Mm-hmm. And I've got these really nice kind of pointy toe, roach killing looking boots that are deer skin. That's what I like that my dad bought me. Mm-hmm. And but they're tall, mm-hmm. so I'm thinking about there's a there's a place in Fort Worth that does like that works on boots. I don't know. They probably do it at like what's the place in Sulphur Springs? You uh, well, yeah, that place might do it, but. You know, where I got my boots resold and stuff, oftentimes is the laundromat. Yeah. There's, a, there's like a connection there. The laundromat huh. in Silver Springs had a, had a uh, what do they call them? Not a booter, but uh, it's a, <laughs> a booty a. It's a, There's a, there's a booty name a. for a cobbler. A oh, cobbler. Yeah. yeah. They had a cobbler. That, I just need them. I need them shorter mm-hmm. on the tops, you know. I think and, you just wear them on the outside of your britches. Well, that's what I used to always do. Yeah. But that's, as a as a married man, that's not a thing you do. But as a single man, I feel like that's a little aggressive. No, going out it's, a thing. Thing. <laughs> it's, agra- sure. it's aggressive if you live in Ohio. But that's in right. Texas, it's just like what dudes do that have testosterone and oh, we get don't sunlight. Have we don't have that. None of it. None of it. I think there's a correlation there. Yeah, it's it's no vitamin D yeah. is what it yeah. is. That's the correlator. Mm-hmm. Have you listened to the Huberman podcast? I've listened to a couple. Have you really? Sure. I did. That's surprising for a guy that watches Teletubbies. Um, <laughs> I'm this, trying to is, this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> hey, it came out in 1997. Okay, so we were. That is about your guys' time. Huh? I mean, we should have probably been watching it, but we weren't. Mm. I'm kind of thankful. Parents wouldn't let me. Yeah, yeah. What were you guys? I watching? don't even know if that was really the truth or not. Uh, I watched Barney, and then I watched. Barney's worse than the Teletubbies. Are you yeah. kidding me? No, man. Uh, Barney was Barney, Barney's wholesome, dude. Everybody Barney <laughs> did some crazy <laughs> stuff. No. What? I can't say Hold it on this up. podcast. No. I this can't isn't, say it no, on this podcast. It, it ain't like Barney is Disney or anything. You're thinking about late day, like late stage Barney. Yeah, this is like your generation Barney. Yeah. Oh, that's the difference. AKA we got messes up everything. We got a, we got a crazy Barney. Yeah, you guys had a normal right. Barney. That's we right. had a normal Barney. It was just a nice guy like Mr. Rogers that sang songs and... Took care of kids. And then um, watched, like, whatever was on PBS. I probably went from Barney straight to uh, Kratz Creatures and Power Rangers. Wild Kratz? You know what Wild Kratz is? Yeah. So their first show was Kratz Creatures. Oh. Kratz Brothers. Chris and Martin. I was a big Power Rangers kid. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're not real Power Rangers, but whatever. <laughs> which I don't did, even know what which that one means. did you want to be besides the pink one? <laughs> <laughs> the red one. Not a you pink like Power Ranger kind of guy. Gonna be Jason? Sure. I don't even remember watching Power I Rangers, the, but I like the red one. I like the red one too, but I think I like the green one or the black one best. Interesting. I think. Uh, wasn't the green one like he wasn't there all the time or something? That's right. He turned to white sometimes too. Tommy. Maybe. Right? Tommy. Yeah. I remember a Tommy. Tommy, like a Tommy was green, then he was white later. And then uh, the black one was the black guy. What was his name? I can't remember his name. Yeah, and all I remember no. is, no, for real. It's kind of weird, right? It was weird that they did it that way. 
And but then uh, Billy, I remember Billy. He was the nerd one. The Billy Moles. <laughs> Billy Moles. Yeah. Is that the guy that sells? Zach it? was the black one. Yeah. So, um, I oh dude, look at that. There's a kestrel that just landed out in my past. Past Brian. You can't see him now. He landed in the grass right there and then came back down. Trinity or Trini. Yeah. Yeah, that's when, um, so, in the 90s, nobody was sensitive, you um, know? I guess everybody's <laughs> fine with who they are. I think I watched, I watched, I'm trying to think of the, I watched some, like, Rugrats, Recess. What else did I watch? TGIF. You remember TGIF? Oh, yeah. That just meant that Friday nights were good times to watch TV. Yeah, you just, like, you, like, that's when you build your palate, eat a dinner, and you just lay there and watch, you know like, we used hours to eat of good, good stuff. For TGIF, I can't say G. TJ. Because it's a tough country. I can't say G. J. We used to eat Viennese and Cheetos. That was, like, my, like, go-to. And you know what? You talk about nasty. You talk about a 180. And, and, like, what we think we should yeah. consume? Yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's a wonder about testosterone ain't a negative number. You know what I mean? Like, eating stuff you, like that. Yeah, that's like, I don't know. It's wild. That's, uh, I think, like, we're constantly working against what, uh, like, what, probably, like, the 70s through the mm-hmm. 90s of food. Mm-hmm. Um, massive food product, mass. I bet you the 2000s are still like that, too. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, there's, like, a. It's probably still just going down that path, and there's just, like, these deviations of people trying to do different. Because, I mean, you walk down the aisles at Brookshire's, and it's still. Oh, yeah. I mean, and yeah. it's all it is is somebody will try to deviate towards health, and then corporate food industry will, like, bring them back in. Yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like, we're going to try to go healthy and uh, be vegan or whatever, yeah. which is a bad choice, by the way. But Speaking um, of that. They'll like, Kraft will be like, you know what? We've got some vegan cheese over here. Come <laughs> yeah. to this aisle, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like. Oh, they got the money. They know what to do mm-hmm. with it. Um, Speaking the, of vegans. the So the um, the Huberman podcast we're talking about, um, I was listening to that this morning with Rick Rubin. Greg, you know who Rick yeah. Rubin is? You know who he is? Mm-hmm. You know who he is? Produced <clears throat> Jay-Z and a bunch of other people. Um, anyway, he's kind of uh, he's kind of like a health nut kind of guy, mentality and all that. He's uh, kind of little woo-woo or whatever, but he, um, he like said he was a vegan at one point and then, uh, he's like now a big proponent of red meat. Like, like, uh, I forget what he, what they called it, but like red meat that is sourced in a certain way. Right. So essentially wild or like grass fed. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just kind of a little bit of, it's, it's a, I like when somebody who's popular has that sentiment because mm-hmm. it helps the hunting world's case a little bit. You yeah, know what I yeah. mean? Um, you know, to kind of bring that to what we do, um, people like grain-fed meats because they're so fatty. Mm. Well, it's because people are cooking their steaks in the wrong stuff. You can take a deer steak, an elk steak, a nil guy steak, that, so all this I thought we left all that meat back there. We did. Oh, <laughs> so sad. Um, <laughs> Um, By the way, it's it is awesome meat. It yeah. ain't just a that ain't just a thing people say. The um, the thing is that people don't understand that you should take red meat, put it in a skillet with a, like, a lot of butter, and that's where you get your fat from. You don't have to source it from within the meat from grains, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the pairing of red meat and butter is just like 
the way it's supposed to go. Yeah, or you can go out and harvest a big old pig right now. Oh, there's then there's <laughs> a lot of fat on it. Acorn fat. Yeah. Mm. Good stuff. We did that recently. Yeah. If we, you haven't watched that video, I don't know if we've talked about I think that we on did. here. We did promoted we? it last, last uh, but yeah, it's definitely something, it's cool because you get to see that pig. Uh, also, there's a picture of us on the Instagram feed that you can check out of the fat layer on that pig. It was ridiculous. But Casey and I are going to do some cool stuff with that. So, you know, video-wise, you'll be looking forward to that kind of stuff this spring. We should probably, after we get off the podcast, talk about what we're going to do with that fat, man. I'm I'd ex- like to. I'm excited to. I got a couple things we can do with it. Mess with it. <laughs> we can make our own sausage, <clears throat> which I'm okay with. I've done it before. Breakfast sausage is good. It's easy to make because you're not preserving it. It's essentially just seasoned ground meat, you know. Um, but I think one of the things that we're gonna do with it, um, like the the priority would be uh, render it out and turn it into straight lard so we can cook with it. I mean, well, you just got a new cast iron skillet. And I'm struggling with it, dude. That's the way to season it. Is that lard? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling with the season. I, I did. I we you know we I tried it once, mm-hmm. and we did. We in that video we uh, found out that the the seasoning wasn't done or wasn't right, and uh, so I went and seasoned it again, and I scrubbed it down and everything, and then I seasoned it up and put it and had two rounds in the oven at an hour, about an hour each, mm-hmm. and. Went to try to cook on it the other day, and it did not do very well. It stuck stuck on it again. Yeah. So I just don't know what to do. There's just sometimes there's just a breaking period. And there's a lot of different things going on with with them, but like I don't know. I'm just essentially. Not, I know. I know it's the way that it. Sh- I know there's a way to do it, and I know I'm just not on board with it, man. It's I'm struggling. I want to be a a cast iron skillet guy, but I cannot figure out how to get it done. You don't know, know it's the weirdest I, when thing. mine started cooking good is when I got after them with a with sandpaper and just sanded it all down and started over from the from the very base metal. Just take it to like a straight up silver metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then season that and then it's way better. Hmm. So might be something to do. I got a I got a blackstone for my birthday mm-hmm. last year or something. And I seasoned that, but I did it, when I seasoned it, I did it five times because this guy on YouTube said to do it, you know, five to seven, three to seven times, something like that. I did five seasoning sessions, but all within like the course of an hour, hour and a half, whatever. And that sucker is seasoned. Really? Yeah. Works good. Well, I can cook anything on it. I mean, mm-hmm. I cooked fish on it the other day. Mm. So That's cool. Yeah. I just, uh, I cooked bacon on it in the morning and cooked fish for lunch. It was primo. I do that a lot. Yep. Cook bacon in the morning, just leave the grease in the pan and mm-hmm. cook something in there later. Yep. It's a good it's move. It's a way to go, That's a good man. move, for sure. <laughs> yep. Yep. Michael, how do you cook? <laughs> cook? <laughs> Drive to Gordita's? Come on, man. Drive to Taco Bell. Greg, Bale. how do you cook? Uh, I've been cooking. Have you? Um, I've been cooking a little bit on, I do mostly grill yeah. stuff, like backstrap. What kind of grill? Do you have like a? Just a propane grill. Propane grill. Man, I want to, I want to. A pellet grill, bad. Me too, man. <clears throat> but it's so, they're expensive. Dude. I know, and I got a decent propane grill, you know, like a charboil four burner or whatever, and it's got like the shields on it or whatever, but it's still, you know what I dislike about propane grills is the flame up thing. Mm-hmm. It just always happens, man, because yep. I ain't never cooking no lean piece of meat. Yeah. Cooking something with some fat on it. Yeah. And it's going to just. That and the flavor, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just, when you get. What a little the, bit of smoke added to it. It's just a different deal. You've been man. doing some of the pellet grill stuff. How many people, first of all, are yelling at us about pellet grills right now? 
Did you know that there's like this uh, anti-pellet grill movement thing that happens within? Is it good or bad? Men? Uh, it's uh, it's bad. So it's because you should be able to cook on a with logs that are yeah. axed by your yeah, hands. Yeah, some some people have eight hours to sit around and not do anything while a piece of meat smokes. Uh, <laughs> and other people have have a life and like to hunt and do other things, so they use pellet grills. Me personally, I'm gonna be a pellet grill guy. Sometime. I would, I, in fact, I would love to be like up at the school getting my like say picking my kids up from practice. And just like straight up Wi-Fi turn my grill on so that it is hot when I get there and I can just throw stuff on it. It's a thing. That'd be cool. That's a thing that is offered. Yeah. And I would like to know what the move should be. Yeah, If you're listening and you know and you're a pellet grill guy, I don't want anybody to be like, well, what you need is a 300-gallon propane tank and, and yeah. cut it in half. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I'm interested, but it's it's expensive. I'm, I've been looking on Facebook Marketplace a little bit, but it stinks because like, there ain't a whole lot of pellet grills for sale out here where we live. It's, you got to go to the Metroplex, and it, mm-hmm. it's just a whole day, half day thing. You know, I'm to, to do that tomorrow. Do that. Might be worth. Yeah, if you see me at Dallas Safari Club, say hi. I'm gonna be there, um, and then we're gonna go do some other things while we're there. Here's what happens when you live where we live. Like when you go to the city, it's a big deal. You multitask. Yeah, you do a bunch of different things while you're there because, I mean, dude, literally. If you need anything outside of 22 shells or uh, 20 gauge here or whatever it may be, you got to go to the Metroplex about near. We can go halfway there for some stuff, but like, you need anything, <clears throat> anything specialty at all. Sports stuff, mm-hmm. sports equipment stuff, man. Got to go to at least a Greenville. But yeah, I don't know. That's a, the, the pellet grill thing is intriguing. It's just expensive. And I mean, it's one of those things like I could probably pull it off. Like a not a pretty decent one, but it just hurts to go drain your bank account at the end of the month. I don't like being at the end of my rope at the end of the month. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not fun. But yeah, if you know if you know if you got thoughts about that, I would love to know. Also, like what kind of pellets? I think there's different flavors and stuff of pellets, right? My dad's been messing around with that stuff a little bit. He's got one of those stand smokers. Like I think you and I both have one of those things, right? Just a little electric deal. Yeah, he's been like. I don't know. I don't know if it makes any difference. He's like, I started on apple and then I finished it on cherry. I'm like, <laughs> come on. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hear you on that. I, I have a yeah, stand smoker and that thing will, and I do it. It's chips, which they don't do a whole lot of chip stuff mm-hmm. anymore. And it'll burn through them quick. It will. But like also at the same time, it's a lot of smoke out. So in 15 minutes, you can have a, as much smoke as you want on that piece of meat, pretty much. Yeah. Man, I don't know if it's just the Texan in me or what, but just good old oak wood smoke is yeah probably some like of my favorite. Hickory, for yeah. sure. Mesquite's good too, man. I like mesquite a lot. We, my dad used to cook on mesquite all the time back when we had deer leases out in. You know, West we've Texas always said whenever we go somewhere where there are mesquites, we're gonna get some mesquite wood. Yeah, and, and we uh, have a circus of uh, different logistics to how figure much out. Uh, extracurriculars do we get to involve ourselves in on trips? About zero. Dude. <laughs> About zero point zero. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Um, I remember this year. The last trip to West Texas. None. None. You got to hunt quail like for half a day. Yeah. Well, no, I hunted quail walking in to help Michael get his deer. Yeah, Michael? That's about it. Tell us about your deer. You smoked one. But I did. I smoked (laughs) one. You just saw the wings right over there. Like Greg, I remember Greg the last night, like hanging out with like an Astros pitcher and, you know, uh, not nearly as cool, but a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's listening. Uh, 
but no, we're hanging out with, you know, a, like a pretty Insta-famous kind of guy or whatever. It's fun to hang out with. But, like, you know, Greg is a Astros, like, fan, you know. And this there's a pitcher in camp with us, and he's over there, like, working his tail off at, like, eight at night or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you don't have to. If you can't finish that thing tonight, just you can hang out or whatever. But we just don't get a whole lot of time to do stuff, man. We just don't, don't have a whole lot of time to do with the extra just kind of hanging around stuff. For three days only, save up to 30% off bestsellers from First Light, FHF Gear, Phelps Game Calls, and the Meat Eater Store. They'll also have for sale the Bear Grease Trucker Hats and Camo. They're included in the sale and all the great gear on First Light. Whether you're fishing, shed hunting, scouting, sighting in rifles, or cutting lanes, your gear needs to keep up with all your spring and summer pursuits. The sale has you covered. Hurry, the sale ends May 16th. Shop now at firstlight.com, F-I-R-S-T-L-I-T-E.com. That's Michael? why I bring Brian around sometimes. We, uh, I don't Thanks. know how much we've talked about anything and everything, but just the short of it, you have experienced some times where you have been unable to put the arrow where you needed to. Yep, sure enough. And you're getting better. Something like that. You smoked an antlerless deer. I don't know <laughs> really what the problem has been, Yeah, but... Uh, Seem to get over the hump. That's good. You yeah. smoked it, right? Humpty Dumpty. Smoked it. <laughs> smoked it down. Um, so, can you tell us what you have done with all that deer meat? Uh, I ate it all <laughs> while I was back in Ohio. Did you eat a bunch of it? I ate pretty much all of it. Good. I left a ham and a shoulder for you my said dad. You left and that's some. it. What'd you, how'd you eat that stuff? I mean, we just cooked steaks with the tenderloins and back straps and everything, mm-hmm. and then just did some roasts. New Year's Day roasts with the... Hams. So what did you do with that deer? You just did you, you just freeze it when you got home, or mm-hmm. and they just took it back on you ice. Just put it in baggies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Greg. Yeah. You got a couple deer from this year. Yeah. You've been grilling meat. Yeah. Been grilling. That's good. That's yeah. it. That's what you're gonna do. You're just gonna grill it all. Just Anything grill steak, all. dude. I'm trying to get through like 2021, 2022 backstrap. Yeah. I'm just trying to cook all that up right now. <laughs> He got Dude, the Ted Nugent thing going on. Yeah. <laughs> here's how here's how I do. Um, I eat backstraps quick, and then I also save. So, like, I, I'll – a lot of times, like, in the past, I didn't have, like, freeze, you know, vacuum seal or whatever. So, I'd, like, get freezer burn on backstraps because mm. I'd be like, oh, I got to save that. It's, like, the best part. I know, you know? exactly what you mean, yeah. man. Like, there's been many times where I'll be digging around my freezer and find elk backstrap. And it's like, why is this still in here? <laughs> of all the things. And it's because yeah. you, like, Save cherish it, it yeah. so you don't want to use it all up at once, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a weird deal. Like, I'll usually have a backstrap, but a lot of times I'll eat, like, if I say I got, like, two deer I go and get in two weeks or something, and then I'll have four backstraps, and I'll have them, you know, probably halved, and then I'll just hammer through most of them. I'll have, like, one or two left. One of them will be hidden somewhere, and the other one will be in the door. And it'll just sit there for forever, you know? Yeah. You know, it's something I've been dealing with some this year is um, 
I got every deer I killed this year processed, which is weird for me. You know, I usually uh, get like one a year processed by processor and I do the rest myself, but we've just been so busy. And my vacuum sealer broke. Mm-hmm. So um, I uh, just, you know, it's just easier to do that, especially with two little kids. Don't have the space, yada, yada, you know, all the things. And so like, um, but I don't think that's very uncommon. I think that a lot of people get deer processed. I mean, there's where we live, there's lots of places that only process <coughs> wild game. And we don't even live in like a, what you'd call a deer hunting area of the state, right? But like these places don't process beef or pork or anything. I mean, they will process wild pork, but they don't do anything but wild game, right? So um, I think you turned me on to this because it's a a problem I've had is there's like a certain way to get a deer processed. And there's like an economical way and... Uh, there's ways that like you may or may not use this stuff as well. Uh, and so what brought this up is you said you had your, your backstraps halved and, uh, I started doing that because I used to get them butterflied. Well, then you just end up with a ton of packages and you have to throw out, throw out like three or four packages and the, the sizes of the stakes are never what you want them to be. Right. <clears throat> so it's just difficult. Mm-hmm. What are some other things that you do when you go get a deer processed um well i used to do back straps and thirds um yeah. and then just like a third wouldn't feed my whole family so family get bigger yeah um so i mean if you are if it's you and your you know roommate or whatever you want to call it and that's it um then you might go thirds but halves is what works for me with a family of four and um i'll usually do tenderloins whole um you kind of turned me on to doing these like football roast and maybe did you did you do you do another roast and then the rest into ground out of ham or something neck roast yeah that's right that's mm-hmm. right so like quarter in the neck roast pretty much mm-hmm. um and th- those work <clears throat> i like that a lot actually because the neck roast is really good um and you can turn it into barbacoa real easy too if you want to do it that way but mm-hmm. it's already there packaged ready to go and the rest of it in the ground which um to me, I've done a lot of roasts. I like doing deer roasts, but there are some big muscle groups within the shoulder or back uh, ham that have a lot of, like, tendons in them and stuff and just don't break down very well in a roast. They'll break down a little better in a barbacoa application. But uh, I, don't, I don't really like – like, when I do my own, if I try to cut roasts out um, – then it just, it's not great most of the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it has a lot of those tendons in mm-hmm. it. Whereas, like, if I was just to take and say, okay, football roast, I want to quarter up this this neck, everything else, let's just throw it and grind. And, you know, I mean, dude, I made um, I made this. I did two packages of the McCormick's Taco Seasoning, which has no MSG or anything funky in it. Um, <clears throat> easy, easy, man. Like, I did two pounds of ground deer meat with that, two packages of that on it. And then I did, there's this uh, Mexican street corn package that I found at Brookshire's that is bomb. And you put like mayonnaise, sour cream, and the corn. You know, I just took two cans of corn, Mm -hmm. put some of that seasoning on there. Golly, dude, you put the Mexican corn on the taco with a little lime juice, and you don't need anything else. It had some cilantro in it. Dude, so good. You know, I I like to season my own meat and not use the packages, but it's handy having a couple of those laying around. In case you got to do something yeah. fast, you know, and well, I think. And I've, I mean, I like seasoning my own, too. Mm-hmm. I, do, I do it all the time, but when I don't have them. But, like, 
I can't do it better than the way they do it. Really, it's yeah. it's so good. It's it's also nice because, and this is why I started getting so much ground done because my wife is not a cook, but uh, she really ain't a cook when there's a hunk of meat laying there. Mm-hmm. But when there's ground meat, at least it's kind of approachable. Yeah, she might make it in. You know, she she can make spaghetti now mm-hmm. because she understands what to do with some ground meat. You know, same thing goes for those like seasoning packets and stuff. She ain't love her to death, but she ain't going to be able to season any taco meat, you know. She's going to go buy a recipe, and then she's going to confuse a teaspoon for a cup. <laughs> she did that the other day on, uh, what was it? It was the olive oil. For some reason, oh, no. something she was doing, yeah. She used a cup of olive oil instead of a tablespoon. <laughs> it's like 1476 in Which, olive oil. <laughs> you can't ever have too much olive oil, right? But yeah. it, was, uh, it was just funny. Expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I buy that good olive oil, too. Yeah. So, um, it is expensive. I like good olive oil. Um, but yeah, that's a well, recently, daily cooking segment from you guys. <laughs> you guys I've recently went lost. and shot at and shot some deer or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Um, Did a lot of deer hunting. <clears throat> like right around the Christmas time, I guess. Y'all went and. Yeah, so Texas has a late rut <clears throat> uh, in a lot of the state. Uh, and uh, it, it's just different. You all, if you've listened to the Element Podcast for long, you've heard us talk about the rut here and how it's just. It is not the same as the Midwest. The Midwest rut is very defined and it's very cool. And then even still there, you can see rut action outside of the rut dates. But in Texas, it's just amplified greatly, right? You can see rut action from, uh, I mean, across the state, if you wanted to do it. You could have does being bred in September in some places, and then there are does being bred in January in other places. And that stuff bleeds over into other <clears throat> areas and zones. And there's even these little micro things, right, where um, kind of where Greg's from down there, it's a early November, like Halloween type. It's a very, like, classic rut. Yeah, yeah, which that's kind of like a weird spot for that to be going on compared to everything else around yeah, it. But you go, like, 20 miles, and it's, like, December. Yeah. Strange, right? So Crazy. weird. So we, like, kind of drive around the state and try to find some of that <laughs> stuff to, to hunt. Um, and so we did that recently, um, and uh, it was fun. We saw deer constantly. I did not shoot one. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all came close, though, We right? came close, man. Uh, there was, I mean, I don't know. Something about the December rut stuff, I just feel like potentially the deer in Texas are just, they get, they just kind of get dumber, you know? And we say, and that's kind of why everybody likes to hunt the rut, right? But, like, especially deer in Texas, if they are feeling ruddy, it's like you can get away with some stuff. They're still going to be jumping when you go to shoot at them. They're still going to be jackrabbits whenever you go to moving around. But, like, I don't know. It's just like they do kind of some weird stuff. And that's why we love the rut, right? I mean, deer are just visible. And right now, it's right now even. Like, it's mid-January or early January, I guess. And um, I got corn at my house just pretty much as a wildlife observer more than anything. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> There's hardly any bucks in daytime, but conservationist. But that's right, that's right. Preservationist at my, my place. <laughs> um, uh, you'll fit right in. That's man. right. Um, you know, maybe that's how the messaging is. People, conservation isn't catching on. Maybe we should just try preservation. Just see if that I works. guarantee you it yeah. work, dude. I mean, it's working in most of the government uh, land in Texas, right? For sure, it's dude. all preservationist that's, land. A lot of it is, yeah. man. Um, anyways. <laughs> Uh, hey, before we get in trouble again, tell me on that note. Before we go past this, you need to give some credit where credit's due. Good call, man. I have a friend now. 
acquaintance um, who is a game warden in a certain portion of Texas, not to uh, oust anyone, but he gave me a callback very promptly, Mm -hmm. like within a couple hours, and I appreciate that. And was apologetic that he didn't get to you sooner. That's right. Nice guy. And it was one of the more helpful people I've talked to lately. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty cool. There's some good people that work in places. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, the three of us went out, three little bears, um, to try to find us some good eating and maybe do a little hunting. Um, Probably not going to tell this day by day. Yeah. Well, Yeah, hit the highlights, bro. Greg um, did some self-filming and hunting. Michael filmed me. because he's a selfless kind individual. And, and a hard worker. He is. Um, wow. And he likes boat rides, so it works. I do. After I think, all that stuff we said. I think Greg doesn't like being in the boat. You don't like boats? It's ever since he went like, flying to the front of it. <laughs> I like being early. <laughs> <laughs> he likes being early, but it took him like 14 days of hunting to kill a deer down there. <laughs> Whatever. Um <laughs> The uh, the boat makes you early. You've done it, Michael. I mean, it definitely makes it so there's less walking. That helps for sure. <laughs> um, but um, people crack on me about that. But whatever. <laughs> we killed four bucks this year. So <laughs> Michael and I sat in the truck till eight thirty in Kansas, and then went and killed the bug of a lifetime. So That's true. y'all guys are just know, overvaluing things. I think. Um, no, Greg, I Greg any is for sure early in the morning. Greg's for sure scared of the boat after uh, <laughs> after some of our experiences <laughs> after after we, Arkansas. After we hit the e-brake <laughs> in Arkansas. We gave it the old Fred Flintstone and just put our feet down. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, uh, was rough. We didn't have any of that on this trip. Um, Michael okay. and I had a, had a nice couple cruises in the boat, man. You know, uh, mid to late December, you get some really, like, consistent weather days, which can be nice. Because uh, you know what you're going to get, but at the same time, it gets difficult because you get the same wind every day. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a wind change the whole time we were there. I can remember one day being like, oh, the wind is 15 degrees different today. This yeah. is great. It opens up so much stuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you end up blowing out stuff. It's almost like you can only hunt for, you know, three, four, five days or something before you kind of feel like you've mm-hmm. made an intrusion Mm-hmm. And it was it was pretty hot too. Like it mm-hmm. was cold when we got there, but it like warmed up pretty quite a bit. Yeah, which deer in Texas are kind of used to that, but still, Anything as else. a hunter, yeah, you want those cold days, you know. Um, Greg, did you do any rattling? Uh, I I think I did. Yeah, didn't but it wasn't very memorable, was it? No, I did. I did <laughs> quite a bit of rattling too, and we did rattle in one buck, but he didn't come all the way in. And a guy. Oh my he goodness! Did, he yeah. did come all well, the way. Let me in, tell though. you about the buck first, and then Michael can tell you about the guy. <laughs> so um, we were in this place that was pretty open, um, and we saw uh, a couple deer at distance. And I glassed, and one of them was like a potential shooter. So I was like, I'm gonna rattle and see, because uh, it looked like they might have been doing like a lockdown type thing. Well, I rattle, and then a bigger buck pops up. And he's the one that decides to come to us, and we're freaking out, right? So we watched this, like, really solid, wide eight-point, um, probably cover 200 yards mm-hmm. coming to us. He gets to about 130 yards, and he's got to go down in this ditch and come back up. And I'm, like, getting my bow ready to shoot because 
It's those deer down there. You just got to be ready. Yeah, it's like we've learned that. Once he disappeared, it's like next time we're going to see him, he's going to be at seventy gonna yards. Be, yeah, it's going to be almost in range. Yeah. Right. Well, then he just never shows up. Mm-hmm. So that was that was not cool. He did a thing, and here's what ends up hurting in that situation. A, it was the biggest buck we saw all week, mm-hmm. and B, we don't know exactly what he did. So you're you want to learn from the situation, and you can't learn everything you wish you could because you don't know what the final outcome was. So we drew some inferences on it, but um, I think I've seen this before, but if deer are not super fired up, like if you're rattling that deer at distance and they're not running to you, they're essentially coming to that sound until they find something better. Mm. And I think that's what he did. I think he smelled something and was like, ah, they kind of like, did the whole, like, out of sight, out of mind thing. Like, I hadn't heard that rattling in a while. Oh, there's a good smell. I'm going to go to that. Um, so we were encouraged by rattling after that. Mm-hmm. Well, we decided then to lose our minds one night and try, like, four different places and have a terrible time Just finding sweat. a spot to hunt. It's the yeah. sweat fest. <laughs> but finally ended up like, well, we're here at uh, the evening time. It's time to hunt. And then what happened, Michael? Uh, so we're just kind of sitting in our final destination because if you remember we moved around mm-hmm. like four or five different times yeah, up micro on that adjustments. yeah micro adjustments <laughs> and then you like we're just sitting there and you're like all right i see a buck he's like across a big draw so it's like well we might as well rattle mm-hmm. so you start rattling and he actually does start coming in but a guy or we didn't know it was a guy we just hear bat 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 like Two just really grunts. good sounding yeah. grunts. Like sounds really good. Yeah. And then like probably 30 seconds later, just hear like, like it blows the reed out. <laughs> and it's like, well, <clears throat> I think that's a, I think that's a dude is what you said. He for sure blew his reed and out. And I was sitting there like, oh, I, feel, I hope that's a deer, but it probably is a guy. And so mm-hmm. you rattled again or something. And I'm sitting there videoing you. And you just, like, stop rattling and put your hand up. And I look down. <laughs> I look down into the camera, and I just see Mr. Navy SEAL coming up the hill, full ghillie suit, just, like, look up and just, like, okay, and walk back down. <laughs> stalking, stalking and fighting bucks up Dude, there on the hill. Okay, man. brother. He thought, he thought he was about to walk up there and just shoot a big buck. And oh, man. Instead, it's just Casey sitting there staring right back at him. Yeah, did you say? Was, did you know? Do you know me? That's <laughs> no, exactly what he said. <laughs> yeah, he did know me for sure. Um, yeah, kind of. That was kind of sad. After oh. that, we got up and went back to the boat and kind of got back early. Yeah, mm-hmm. except you saw the buck we went in there originally trying to hunt fifty yards away from oh, you on the gosh, bank. That's right. We were getting. <laughs> I literally reached down to pick up the anchor and look up, and the buck we were after that we'd seen in there the day before. <laughs> Was, was the there like 50 the yards <laughs> just looking at us? Oh, KC was so ticked. <laughs> I've, I got, I talked about it already in the podcast, but I got caught in Kansas bad at about 50 yards by a buck that was probably not going to shoot. I was not going to shoot, probably, but he was big. Mm-hmm. The big white eight. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, looking right at me when I turned around. That felt so dumb, uh, dude. Mm. Um, we did that to him too. I forgot about that. Or me and you. Yeah, we probably we did it a couple times. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, other highlights for me. Uh, I finally found a spot I liked, um, and it was on this. 
this like mm, thicket and on the edge of it up against the water and uh you can kind of predict deer that live around water you know here in east texas we got a lot of these lakes that have public ground around them. it's like corn engine core engineers or whatever and deer will move along those water boundaries with the wind blowing off the thicket into them right so it's a thing that we were trying to capitalize on and sure enough we found a spot where it just worked and michael and i went in there one morning kind of even built a little bit of a i wouldn't even call it a ground blind but just kind of leaned a stick or two up to get a little bit extra cover and uh, it was a little bit windy, I think, that morning, right? It was a little bit of a breeze compared to the other mornings. I mean, yeah. every other morning was just like two-mile-an-hour winds mm-hmm. and just barely feel anything. And so there was a little bit of sound cover, which is good for getting in somewhere. But when you have tiny Texas deer that don't make a lot of noise, they can sneak up on you. Well, that's what happened. You can tell where we're going with this. <laughs> a really nice buck. I don't remember what he was right now. But he sneaks up on us. I'm looking at the wrong hole because it's the first time we sit here, and I'm thinking one's going to pop up over there. Well, he ends up 90 degrees from us on our right, and uh, Michael sees him. We'd we'd heard him, Mm -hmm. but couldn't find him. And I was looking around. Michael sees him, and how far is he? 15. I just see top of tines coming through the brush, and it's just like at that point it's like, Okay, we cannot move at all, or he's out of here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and when you're filming, it's not the greatest situation. We didn't move at all. Mm-mm. And then he came closer. Yeah. And he was like at seven. And then finally, <laughs> just saw, staring saw into our soul. There. <laughs> and I'm just, my bow's on the ground. I'm just looking at this deer. But the GoPro's on, so that's good. Yeah. Um, it is so on. The, 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 uh, the uh, encounter was documented. <clears throat> and then figured out that was a good place. And a couple days later, went back and hunted it again. And uh, you had to leave early uh, mm-hmm. because you're trying to get home. You live in Canada, and mm-hmm. it's where you're from, at least. <laughs> yeah, so you much. had to drive all the way up there. Uh, and uh, Greg's with me this time. And um, we hear a buck for like 30 minutes, probably. It was like really close to first light. Like mm-hmm. probably last first 20 minutes of daylight. Yeah, right <laughs> after first light, we start hearing this deer. Chill out, y'all. We know it's going to be a deer. <laughs> I mean. You know what you're doing. It's uh, for... I guarantee you, we, we heard him for at least 30 minutes before we saw him. I think it was like an hour. hour he got half. real close to us, and we couldn't see him, too. And then he, we, I, could, we could hear him sniffing around at like, yeah. like 25. Yeah. Mm-mm. But we real couldn't close. see him. Couldn't see him. And then it kind of like goes away, and we're like, well, shoot, I guess he, uh, who knows? You know, he might have smelled us or figured us out or whatever. Well, it ends up, this deer is just feeding as slow as a deer possibly can. Like, if you've ever seen a deer rut cruise, he's doing the opposite of that. He is just being so slow. And I, I see him probably, like you said, probably an hour after the initial, like, what was that? Um, he's at, like, 45, and I just see a main beam moving around. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I see a deer, you know. <laughs> and um, to shorten it up a little bit, we continue to watch this deer for an hour within bow range. Yeah, like inside 40 yards, we're watching him just stick his head up in a mesquite or whatever mm-hmm. and just feed around for 15 minutes and then go to another one and stick his head in, feed for 15 minutes. What's he eating? He's just eating like the little fresh green growth, like the newest stuff on the trees around, like on the brush. And you know what maples are? 
Uh, yeah. Michael does. <laughs> oh, oh, sure do. Maybe he was eating a maple. <laughs> a green briar. Uh, <laughs> brambles. That's what it was. Brambles. Brambles. <laughs> um, but um, he's just packing his belly full. And it's because we're in a wild country. There's no, like, ag or anything around, you know. So he's just eating natural browse. And he literally is, like... I almost stood up to shoot him three different times. Mm. But I'm trying to be patient and because I, I have a good window. And I'm like, if he comes over here and I'll just wait, he's going to give me a great shot. And the patience sort of paid off <laughs> because he, he, like, two or three different times kind of acted like he was going to veer off, kind of like Nameless did a long time ago. You remember? Yep. And, yep. and then <clears throat> you realize, like, he's just kind of, like, sniffing around, but he, he has a, a general direction of travel. Um and he uh, he did it. He about one hour, like literally, we were keeping up with it. About one hour later, he finally steps out into the gap, and I've already kind of got my bow halfway up, and I go to just I think I got to half draw or quarter draw that first time, and he just whips his head around and just sees me, and he literally is facing quartering away when I go to do this draw. He's not even broadside. He's quartering away mm-hmm. twenty yards. And has he? He's at zero on his alertness level, right? He has no clue we are in the world. And the wind's blowing pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The stuff is moving around us. Yeah. And he catches me, so I, you know, when as soon as he looks, I have to kind of stop, and we're uncomfortable. He stares at us for probably two minutes, does the doe thing with his head, where he puts it down, looks at us, and then we st- we're still. So then he goes to do his thing. He kind of is like turning off, and he's he's moving. And in my experience, when deer are moving, you can usually get away with a draw. Not this guy. <laughs> I go to draw from right there, and he just senses it and goes. Doesn't even mm. turn to look or anything. He just felt it. He just felt it. Just jackrabbit. Hater. <laughs> the worst part is, well, let me tell you about this deer. I thought he was a giant when we first saw him. And then he got closer and we realized he wasn't that big. It was real weird. <laughs> I thought he was like a big, old, mature, like... He shrunk like 60 inches. Yeah. God, weird. 60. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Him and I both thought that. Yeah, we thought it was an old, like, Yeah, giant. old, like, seven-point giant-looking mm. deer. And then whenever he whipped his head around and looked at me, and I was like, he's a, a three-year-old. <laughs> it was weird. Um, but anyways, um, looking back at the footage, this is salt on the wound, he is at least partially blind in his left eye, mm. which is the side he caught me on. Oh, that ain't good. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not good at all. How does this happen? <laughs> no. Also, how do I keep shooting blind deer? Or <laughs> 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 trying to, you Dang know? Time. Golly. Yeah. So oh um, that was my extent of the Texas public land this year. Greg, you did, did he, some hunting. Did what? he hear you? No way. It, you don't think? He might have heard you, but I think he can still catch a little movement out of that eye. Probably. He heard... At some point in time, he you had to switch batteries, and he heard a little bit of that, but he didn't get. But that he, was before you even tr- tried to draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he would like had heard something in that direction, but it wasn't like he was ever um, spooked. He just looked over, didn't see anything, and went back to doing his thing. Um, Here's the thing. Yeah, I figured something out about animals. I would like to oh, know, boy. So hogs uh-huh. cannot see that great. Right? Mm-hmm. But they catch you stalking them all the time. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think 
I got seen the other night. I'm pretty sure you got seen the other night mm-hmm. when we went to Stalking Hogs. Mm-hmm. And there's something that relates to my thoughts here. But when something can't see well, I think there's it's weird, but they see and rely on contrast more than they do actual, like, dialed hawk eagle eye vision. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, the Sasquatch thing is actually a big deal for animals that have either partial blindness or hog vision, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I kind of wonder if that that's the case. It's more that there's a big dark blob that I'm focusing on because that's all I can see out of that eye as opposed mm. to, like, you know, seeing the the detail of the bow drawing, you know, and moving or whatever. Yeah, you're probably <clears> right. And also, um, just being on the ground is hard. Yeah. That's just yeah. all there is to it. For sure. It's, and I think there's a thing to it as well where, <clears> like, <throat> in Kansas – you're on the ground with a deer that probably weighs more than you, mm-hmm. especially if you haven't gone through, like, a full November of eating, <clears throat> you know? And, yeah. and so, like, his just scaredy is not as high as a 100-pound deer is mm-hmm. yeah. because I could take two of those deer on at once, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's they're literally more than half the size of some of the bucks that we shoot. Well, and, like, does that make them – you know, do more coyotes eat them. I know the coyotes yeah. are a little bit smaller down there too, but still relative to the deer size, the coyote is bigger than mm-hmm. it is yeah, in, a, in Kansas or Nebraska mm-hmm. or Michigan or whatever. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if like just always on edge more, like I've seen, I've seen two-year-old Kansas bucks just go after a coyote. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I don't know if I've ever seen a, a deer really do that. I've seen them be kind of not so scared of them. But it's just, yeah, I kind of wonder if they just have, like, more predators in the woods, you know. I also tell you, I've hunted public land in a lot of states. And the only place that I've found arrows laying on the ground is Texas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yep. that, I think there's a lot of air flinging going on in Texas. Yeah, every one of those deer had a arrow flung at them. <laughs> yeah. Man, yep. that's probably the truth. I mean, we were finding blood trails and all types of stuff. Yeah. Like, there are people out there putting some deer down. For real, we found a good blood trail. Yeah. <laughs> real good. It's <laughs> like, this dude killed him. Smoked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it was also disheartening. <laughs> yeah. Really disheartening. Oh, yeah, it's like, well, there's one less here mm. for sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Our chances were already bad. That's probably the highlights of my hunting. Uh, um, Greg had some highlights. Yeah, huh? that's what I was going to say, Greg. Yeah. I had, a, I had a couple good hunts early on. I had some bucks. I had one, like like two and a half year old like he was just way too tiny i just couldn't make him look big yeah and he was also like 40 45 yards trophy hunter huh yeah i was trophy hunting (laughs) but after about day two i was like kind of regretting not shooting at that buck yeah but um ended up ended up shooting at a doe on like day four or whatever but uh how'd that go not good. She wasn't there when the arrow got there. <laughs> <laughs> I, is that because you're still shooting that kid's bow? No, it is not. <laughs> they just fast. You're shooting I, a fast bow now. Yeah, she was probably – I ranged her at 45, and mm. she stopped, and I shot. And she she flinches when the arrow's about a third of the way there. Mm, that ain't good. Well, and, you know, I had never thought about it this way. <laughs> that makes sense. But a smaller animal has less to move out of the way. For sure. Mm-mm. So, like, a Kansas buck has got to move. 17 inches of chest cavity. That's right. And he's got to move a lot of weight and a lot of body out of the way. Yeah, these deer can get it out of the way yeah. quick. It's <laughs> like five inches. She has to move five inches, and you ain't hitting her anymore. Yeah. You know? 
That's a lot. a lot of difference. Yeah. The yeah. Uh, I noticed on speaking of nameless, uh, he was at twenty three, and he move <clears throat> he moves probably he ducks two to three inches before the arrow gets there, and that's a big deer, you know. So like yeah. a small deer, a third of forty five is fifteen. So he's she's starting to move at fi- when the arrow's at fifteen yards, which would put her in the same category or even a little faster probably than. A nameless, yeah. you know. I think that I heard Aaron Snyder say this one time. It might have been him. I don't know. Aaron has shot arrows at a lot of things, um, <clears throat> as have I. <laughs> and he's hit a few. <laughs> but I think that most cases, deer hear the arrow going through the air mm-hmm. instead of and people worry about the bow going off and what that sounds like. And I really think that. The arrow sound is what deer are hearing. You they, said she they, flinched when the arrow's a third of the way there. Yeah, they can hear something getting closer, and I think that's yeah. what freaks oh, yeah. them out. And you know, it's it's not a uh, – this is a don't try this at home, but I have gotten behind trees or hay bales and listened to arrows go by. It's an unnerving feeling. You know what we should do? Yes. We should do like a that. test. We should do a test. <laughs> yes. And we should uh, – What does a deer hear? Well, no, we should we should shoot our bow when a deer is at like thirty yards, but shoot it in the opposite direction at like a target behind your stand, and see what the see like the timing and we how can much go out they there and do and that all year long. I know. If we're not shooting at the deer, yeah, we're not hunting them, right? I mean, it's kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm cool with it. I got I know my call our local authorities. I try to have integrity, man, but yeah. like you know, people is that don't that farm on South Park believe you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> people don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just don't dress in camo, you know. Yeah, um, blue shirts work well, <laughs> <laughs> at least for clicks. Um, but I think we should do the test. I have a fletching jig. We could buy every fletching known to man and just fletch up a bunch of different arrows. Get a desometer or something. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We could just do it with our zoom and just, you know, by what it sounds like. And just see which one is loud. You know, Grand Thumb did that. Mm-hmm. It's one of the cooler videos I've watched. Is what things different projectiles sound like. What a from fifty range. cow sounds like. Yeah, no, they do. You. They do. It's cool. They get hey, down it's awesome. Ain't behind this to hide big behind burn. when no. there's a fifty cow shooting. <laughs> <laughs> ain't, ain't nothing My, to hide dude, Micah was like, um, uh, so uh, Mike Jones is that guy, right? And him Who? and yeah. <laughs> Him and Charlie are like down here just listening, and Micah's like, it's my cousin. "Y'all are scared. I'm having to get up here and get the sounds." You know, that's a good video. You should watch it if you I'll check it out. Um, but uh, anyways, I think that would be a neat test because I truly believe that's that's why deer jumping strings is is the sound of the arrow, and um, slower arrows are quieter, so you got that going for you. Uh, but faster arrows get there faster, and so I don't. I don't really know if one is better than the other for jump. Tell you the truth. I can tell you this. Um, I shot at a deer this year in South Dakota, and he, like, flinches a little bit and then doesn't move at all with a really fast arrow. That's a very fast arrow. It's, like, probably 285 or more. might be 290. Um, And then that's why I don't personally think that the arrow flight is what does it. Because he didn't flinch? Well, not just because of him, but – other deer that have done the same thing that we've videoed. Uh, we've been videoing, you know, high-resolution, slow-motion camera capabilities for a few years now. So Oklahoma. We, we get to see. No. 22. No, we're not the same thing. I just think that <laughs> <laughs> there's too many factors to say this is exactly but what it right. is. Yeah. Yes. And I, I hate to be that guy, but the deer's mentality in the moment matters yeah. so much. I think so, too. 
I think it's it's hard to tell, but I I feel more inclined to say that it is not that the aeroflot doesn't affect sometimes, but like that most of it is the bow going off. But that's just my uh, unresearched opinion. So I can tell you that uh, the other night we were doing some hog hunting, and uh, y'all had left to go spook some pigs, and then you came back and spooked <laughs> our pigs. <laughs> have y'all have seen y'all's pigs? I know it, Dad, gum it. Uh, it's all right. It's just pigs, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it was all fun. But um, I noticed that we could hear you at probably 100 or 120 yards, but it wasn't what I would call an alarming sound until you got to about 50. Like, if I was, um, say, a hog rooting around, I wouldn't have perceived you until 50. Mm-hmm. Um, so there might be a little something to that as far as, there, oh man, this, well, you could go off a deep end with this stuff, yeah, but like, I wonder if there's some sort of like, you know, how there's just weird things right in nature and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like what if there's some almost like, um, something about the molecules within Whoa. the air, molecules. within the air that <laughs> like hex suits are for, right? It can, yeah, yeah dude. it's something like a, it's a hex deal, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like, um, have you ever seen when people put uh, sound visualized? So they put like sand on a, mm-hmm. on a plate mm-hmm. and then they yep. run sound through it. And it makes these different patterns or whatever. <clears throat> yeah. It's like, what if there's something in the air and the molecules that like, at a certain point of distance, all of a sudden it breaks through some sort of, you know, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, for whatever reason, it's like super subtle until you get to 50 and then it's like, what is well, that? And it's like a big jump all of a sudden. So there'll be a lot of different opinions on things and I'm not actually stating an opinion. I'm just going to tell you what somebody told me one time. We had a deer lease down in South Texas and there's this old Mexican man down there who was the goat tender. And if you ever get to talk to a really older Hispanic fella, they're worth talking to because they've seen, like, some different cool stuff. Um, and uh, he said that that part between a deer's hoof right there, it's it's called some sort of a gland, but he thought that... Interdigital. Yeah, that's right, the interdigital gland. He thought that they felt vibrations through that spot. And that's why when a doe is smelling you, she goes to stomping because she's trying to clear that out mm. and, and like kind of give a fresh palate to it or something like that. Mm. Which, there's probably no scientific backing for that, but I thought it was neat. Because yeah, he had like a formulated hypothesis as to what was going on, which I would imagine that was something that he inferred and also discussed with other people throughout the years. Mm-hmm. So I hmm. thought it was kind of cool. That interesting. is interesting. Which kind of goes with what you're talking about as to, you know, can they feel you? Yeah, right? yeah. The sixth yeah. sense thing. Like, is there, is, who knows? Is there something, man, that like, I don't know. It, yeah, it's 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 all interesting. know you were there uh, she looked my direction when I drew but she wasn't on alert before that <clears throat> no yeah <clears throat> interesting well did yeah. you find your air yeah found my air there you go did you shoot Swing. it again no <laughs> <laughs> that broadhead's kind of toast yeah, yeah that'll happen but that arrow should be good um, uh, that was pretty much the highlight of the the first trip mm-hmm. 
and I, I saw some good bucks on the first trip, but nothing really close. But uh, decided to go back down there after we all left, and um, I was literally just trying to shoot a doe. I just I only shot you know one white tail this year, and so I was like, I'm just gonna shoot a doe. And the first evening I go out there and like I get a doe at like 12 yards, and I'm trying to draw back. And I'm trying not to just, like, flail into my back wall and, like, mm-hmm. move a lot. And as soon as I get to my back wall, I hit and bounce off and let down. Ooh. And she freaks out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I start laughing immediately. <laughs> Gave her the JP just to get yeah. the reaction, huh? Yeah. 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 She freaks out, <laughs> runs off. I'm like, crap. And so uh, the next evening, I'm, evening, I'm getting the – same wind as was forecasted. I'm like, eh, I'll just go back to the same spot. Only spook that deer. I'll get in there and try to shoot another doe. When I get down there, the wind is complete 180, doing the exact opposite of what they called. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, crap. And so I had this X I put on, uh, marked on the map for, I think I, I saw it, I marked it December 2nd, 2022. And I'd never been there. I was like, well, I think that'll work on this wind. And so I headed out there and got set up. And as soon as I got set up, I heard something. And I think I think it was a buck heard me setting up and thought I was another buck and started raking his antlers. And so I, I gave him a grunt and uh, just shut up and, you know, going to hopefully see him here in the next, you know, few minutes. But I keep hearing the noise just every so often. And uh, it was probably 30 minutes after I first heard him, I see him. And uh, I can tell off the bat, it's it's pretty good buck. And uh, he does exactly what that buck you had. He was just feeding as slow as possible. And I probably watched him for 30 to 45 minutes. Just feed inside 60 yards. <laughs> it's unnerving yeah yeah especially when you're by yourself i bet yeah (laughs) and uh it's a it's a lot better when you're not freezing Mm -hmm. to death like (laughs) Like we were that we were cold (laughs) yeah it's a weird deal in the mornings they would get colder as the day pushed on because the wind would get up Yeah, the wind start picking up and uh, like we saw them so early i didn't have a chance to put on my jacket yet and bad we were both just <laughs> shaking. <laughs> oh, I forgot to say that. I, <laughs> so I don't get buck fever super bad. I get a little bit shaky before the moment. And as soon as I draw, I'm usually just locked in. Well, this happened to me the year before, and it happened to me this year. I got cold, and I'll just go to <laughs> just shaking bad. And then, like, as soon as the deer would start moving, I would just lock it in. I wouldn't shake because I thought I might be able to get a shot soon. Yeah. And then it's, when he stopped and eat, <laughs> 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 it went on for 20 minutes probably. Yeah, yeah we were both shaking bad. <laughs> but uh, this one, at least, it was like, you know, mid, it might have been 60 degrees. And I had just, you know, hiked all the way back in there. I'm <clears> hot and sweaty. Mm-hmm. So, like, I had the, I had a little shake going, but I wasn't, like, freezing, so it wasn't that bad. And so I was watching him for, like, 30 minutes just feed down the I had a little pinch point kind of picked out in this thicket and he was doing exactly what he's supposed to just walking right down the trail I thought he was going to pop out at like 25 yards and I was just going to mm-hmm. smoke him but when he starts getting closer he starts veering off a little bit 
and I range I range stuff uh, right in front of him at like 42, 43, and he's like just behind that. I'm like, ah, 45. I'm like, I really want to shoot closer than that because last time I shot 45, it was not a good result. <laughs> you can't just aim low whenever they're not there anymore. No, you, get, you have to aim like where you're going to guess they're going to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Then you hope you don't hit them in the nose or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was – he was working his way out, and I was, like, afraid he was going to get, you know, out past, like, 50. And I was like, crap. But then he just took a turn and started angling my way. And I started hurrying and uh, ranging stuff that he might pass in front of. And I ranged this one little bush that was at 38, 39 is what I kept getting. And he stepped out right in front of that. I grunt stopped him right there. And I... I had my 35, so I, my 35 shoots a little bit low, and I was guessing at 36, 37, and I just put my 35 right where I'd want to hit him and shot, and arrow looks perfect left and right, and I hear it just smack into him, and he starts crashing immediately. Mm-hmm. He, <laughs> <a little> peaky, <laughs> but, uh, he starts crashing immediately and just like... <laughs> Sl- slams into this uh, <laughs> little peaky. Is that- <laughs> <laughs> it's a rap name. <laughs> little peaky. That's him. <laughs> anyway, he starts crashing immediately and like takes off these limbs at, on this uh, bush right next to him that I ranged. And he's stumbling bad. He runs. I can hear him run off and he's just stumbling the whole way. But I don't really hear him crash. And I'm, so I'm kind of worried about the shot. And uh, so I I give him an hour and uh, decide to go look for blood. <laughs> <laughs> little Michael's, peaky. Still, Michael's still wiggling over there. I'm trying to listen to you, Greg. I'm trying to do something. <laughs> Michael's dressed for a blizzard right now. He's got, I'm very interested in your story, you Greg. He's got the wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> Pointy. Exactly right. A little pointy. <laughs> a little pointy. <laughs> and a little pinky. <laughs> I'm crying. I'm crying. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Anyways. He runs off. I don't really hear him crash. I'm not sure if I heard him crash. And um, I go looking for blood, and there's not much blood at the scene of the shot. Really? Yeah, not... Kind of broadhead were you shooting? I was shooting a fixed blade, and I was kind of, you know, expecting this. Yeah. And um, I figured where he ran, I would be able to see him where he fell. So I, you know, went out to where I could see back into where he fell and uh, didn't see him when I first went out there. But then I was walking back to go get first blood, and I saw saw white belly. (laughs) Nice. uh, Yeah. How far did he go? Maybe 100 yards. Man. So he ran pretty far. Where'd you hit him? Uh, I hit him about as low as you can hit a deer and kill it. I hit him right through both front legs and uh, just inside the chest cavity. So he had holes in his armpits. So heart shot. It was. I think it's heart and front of lungs. It's a lot like Tyler's big buck, the long shot that everybody knows about. Yeah, I would say it's even a little forward than that. Okay, but more forward. But did you hit the elbow? He. Uh, he didn't drop much on the shot, mm-hmm. but he loaded up, and so I hit just in front of the leg bone. Oh, but, really? Yeah, it was that, and hit the opposite side leg. 
How about that? That's neat. So, so like the leg bone like below the elbow or above and forward of the elbow? You know what I mean? I think below the elbow, right below the knuckle, mm-hmm. and just into the chest cavity. Gotcha. So you would you would say <laughs> that you, you hit him in, like in front of the shoulder. But it's still a good shot because of where his body yeah, was like, positioned. If you look at the video, mm-hmm. like the arrow looks great left and right. Mm-hmm. But when I walked up on the deer, the arrow is in front of his leg. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. But it got in the chest cavity, and I'm assuming it hit heart. So you hit a deer square in the heart. You didn't get the heart out, so you don't know how much of it you hit no. or whatever. Um, how far did your deer run? The, 70 or 80? The big one? Yeah. Uh, no, he ran like... 40 or 50. Okay. You I mean, hit that buck this year in Kansas in the heart, and he went yeah. 300, didn't he? Oh, he went forever. I was, I was surprised. When I shot him, I was like, oh, that is, is good. He hit him with a big old broad hit. Yeah. yeah. It's a was, big old deal. And though. I mean, I, yeah. right before I cut my hand almost in half, <laughs> I, I was feeling that heart. I was like, man, I smoked this thing. Yeah, you took the top of the heart off. Man. Yeah. And he ran – I mean, he ran a big loop. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if – um if there is any way to predict, I mean, you can always say, well, it's not a good shot, so he's going very far. But, mm-hmm. like, so many deer get smoked and go far or not far. Yeah. You know? I like, mean, he may have gone 70 or 80. I always, I always thought he ran, like, 50 yards. Yeah. But and it kind of runs, runs at you, so it gets kind of weird. Yeah. Like, he dies closer <laughs> to me than, when I shot, than yeah. where I shot him at. But, so, that deer got hit in the heart, definitely not lungs. Right where it was. I mean, I, isn't there a little bit of frontal lung right there? It kind of goes up though, so I don't know. It just depends on how low or high you hit the deer. I don't know. Um, and where did you hit your deer? Straight double lung. Straight, and it went forty. Probably went sixty or seventy. Okay, straight uphill too. Yeah, I just think that um, deer just go further than what you see on TV a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you hit them in the heart, I mean. 80, 90% of the time, they're going to go less than 70. I mean, I don't think this is accurate. I don't know Personally, if it is either. I feel like that heart sits 90 degrees the way it's sitting in there right now. We're looking at a uh, a certain um, artist rendition. Yeah, artist rendition of deer anatomy. There's a side view. That's a little bit more accurate. I mean, if you, if that's if that's accurate, then that's that's you probably could get some long right in there. Yeah, that's so about where I hit them. There's, that's the elbow joint right there, or the elbow, you know, what you see on the deer from the yeah. outer of him. That's the elbow. I hit him in front of that leg bone right there. In front of this one? Yeah. Really? But he loaded up, yeah, so I think it's in a different it's spot. Back. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and at that angle, it doesn't take a lot of the leg uh-huh. moving to make that move back quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. yeah. Dude, Anyways. I think that we could do a whole podcast where we talk about certain shots we made on deer. And talk about the anomalies within those shots mm-hmm. because there's a lot of stuff to that. Yeah. I just I just so much go back to the thing of if you don't see him go down, just it's it is good to be cautious. Yeah. You yeah, know, I was, like, that's how you I were, was right? super cautious yeah. on this one cuz I mean, I've he was stumbling so bad. I like I figured he he would still be over there 100 yards and I could maybe get a second shot. Mm-hmm. But luckily when I saw him, he was he was done. It's good, man. And uh what this is this deer? This deer is a for where we shot this. This is a this is a big buck. Yeah, and uh, this is the biggest buck I've killed on public land. And uh, 
solid yeah. 10 point. Just a solid 10 point. He's got weak brows, but got everything good else force. is. He's got good beam length, too, yeah. for mm-hmm. what he is. He's cool, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like to shoot one like that one day. That would be awesome. It. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Texas deer are challenging. I, I was telling Tyler the other day, I haven't <laughs> shot a deer in Texas since January 1st, 2019. No, I take that back. With a gun. But well, I shot one with a gun the other day, but with 30, a bow. 30. Um, it's been since then, which is crazy. But for one, the antler restrictions—yeah, <laughs> I guarantee you—the <laughs> antler restrictions uh, are hard with that. And then two, mm-hmm. it's just they aren't easy to kill. Antler restrictions are wearing me out. Yeah, for sure. I have a six point on my property. <clears throat> he's been showing up at night lately. That is like eleven inches wide, and he's probably four. And he'll never, never be legal. Uh-uh. He's cool. I'd love to shoot him, but he'll never yeah. be legal. Hey. Not to change subject too much, but I've been seeing where people have been putting the word unalive on Instagram a lot. Yeah. Is that a thing? Are we are we getting rid of dead now because we get censored? <laughs> I think killed is a thing, maybe. Yeah, but these were in lieu of dead, the oh. word dead. So I see it in lieu of uh <clears throat> But don't people like when, they, when they're like, oh, man, that dude made me laugh really hard. I'm dead. Oh, I'm dead. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It's a Gen Z thing. It might sure. just be like a trend you know, like a trendy thing to say. That's a dumb thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. How I, mean, I thought it was a censored it? thing. We live in a dumb time. Well, well yeah, how are they, they using it? So, like, instead of saying... Uh, oh, he doesn't know. Well, that's weird. I saw, I've never heard of it. You know, I saw this buck the other day on the side of the road. Uh, somebody had hit him, and he was unalive. I, I see unalived as in, like, in replace of killed. Like, I see people uh, talk about how their kids almost unalive themselves. Like we're doing dangerous stuff or whatever. It's just kind or, of a funny way to say yeah. it or whatever. I, but I think it comes from, like it's it's like a trendy, funny thing to say that comes from uh, censorship. I think is where it originates from. It originates but, in TikTok, probably. Pro- oh yeah, I see. That's where I see it all the time. It's TikTok. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's probably it. Uh, TikTok is weird, a it, weird place yeah, for it. censorship. Um, that's why X is where it's at. On X. On X, baby. <laughs> Get on Greg, X, y'all. Greg dropped an X. Did you hear him? He yeah. did. Yeah. He put an X on the map, baby. That's right. And yeah, he was it, on the X. It paid off. That's right, dude. Yeah. That's where you want to be, on yeah. the X. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Congrats on the big buck. Yeah, Thank dude. You. Y'all remember that hunting season never ends. Get out there chasing them pigs. And remember, this is your element. Living it. Mm. Oh. For three days only, save up to 30% off bestsellers from First Light, FHF Gear, Phelps Game Calls, and the Meat Eater Store. They'll also have for sale the Bear Grease Trucker Hats and Camo. They're included in the sale and all the great gear on First Light. Whether you're fishing, shed hunting, scouting, sighting in rifles, or cutting lanes, your gear needs to keep up with all your spring and summer pursuits. The sale has you covered. Hurry, the sale ends May 16th. Shop now at firstlight.com, F-I-R-S-T-L-I-T-E.com.